Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. It's groundbreaking Sunday here at Freedom Church. After service at 11 a.m. at our new, at our future uh, church location, 61, uh, 1651 Sandbass Road, we will be breaking ground. We will have our mayor, uh, Craig, uh, Craig Morgan with us, Pastor Robert Miller's with us from the North Texas. We'll have different guests with us. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. And here's the reality. God willing, by the end of the year, we will be in our new building. How awesome is that? And this is what I believe. I believe that God is positioning us. It's words that have been spoken to this church for such a time as this. I believe God is calling us to be a such a time as this church. Because if there's ever been a time and if there's ever been a moment where people have needed hope, it's today in 2021. And God is getting us ready for that moment. But I, I want to take some time and thank our building committee led by, past, by, by Wade Stockland. Give it up. If you see Wade Stockland, give him a hello back there. And all our building committee, uh, they, they've spent hundreds and hundreds of hours making this day a reality, praying, planning, problem solving. Let me tell you, it's been a wild, crazy roller coaster ride full of ups and downs but in the middle of a pandemic the middle of a national unrest god is still advancing his church and we are breaking ground and we're humbled by that but if there's one word that has described this entire process it's this word right here overwhelming i think we can all relate to the word overwhelmed in this moment especially after 22 right one of the most common complaints I hear from people all the time is this. I feel overwhelmed. Raise your hand right here this morning if you feel a little overwhelmed. Just say you're feeling a little overwhelmed. But man, majority of people are just raising their hands. And there's a lot to be overwhelmed about, isn't there? Parents are overwhelmed to have to become teachers overnight and to have their kids with them all the time with no breaks. Employees are overwhelmed at work with all the changes in this ever-changing culture. Others are overwhelmed with COVID and the surge. People are overwhelmed with the political unrest and the changes going on in our country. But what do you do when you feel overwhelmed with worry and questions about the future? When you feel overwhelmed, there's only one option. You know what that option is? Trust God. I know it sounds cliche-ish, but it's true. Going into the year 2020, the Lord spoke to me clearly. He spoke to me this word, trust me. During last year's fast, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and he brought me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 to show me what trust looks like. And as I read it, God began to speak to me. The words jumped out of the pages and into my heart. God gave me an acrostic for trust that I'm going to share with you this morning. And let me just say, this isn't just a message that I'm preaching. This is a message that I'm living. And I believe it's going to speak to you. I believe this is going to be a profound, powerful word where God's spirit's going to come. And how many guys just want to just learn to trust the Lord like never before in this year? Let's pray. Lord, I invite you into this place. And say, God, say, say this, Lord, I invite you into the places of my heart where I don't trust you. 
Think about where you're overwhelmed. What's the thing that has you overwhelmed? Think about this, Lord. I pray by the end of this message, Lord, that that overwhelming sensation they feel will be felt with an overwhelming sense of your presence, Lord. Just ask them. Amen. That's what I've been praying. I believe God's going to do that in this message. See, 2 Chronicles 20 is a story about a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. How many of you guys would like to be named Jehoshaphat? What's your nickname? Hey, I'm J-Fat. Hey, fatty, come over for dinner tonight. But King Japhat, was a, he was actually a really good king. He led the entire nation into a spiritual revival. You can read about the revival in 2 Chronicles 19. People were turning to idols. They were coming back to God. How many of you guys know we need a revival like never before in America? Don't we? And in the midst of this revival, this is where this story comes up in 2 Chronicles 20. 2 Chronicles takes place after 20. It takes place after a powerful move of God. Look at this. After this. After what? After a big spiritual awakening, after a powerful move of God, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Munites came to war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you. Jehoshaphat's servants come and they tell him, three enemy armies have gathered to attack Judah. They are surrounded on every corner. He has a tiny, powerless, little army to fight against this powerful, great military force that is surrounding him. He doesn't stand a chance. He is about to be roadkill. See, let me tell you a principle that I've learned. When you're following God, after big victories come big obstacles. Can I, t- can I just preach it like it is? And give you a message that's going to hold it no matter. After big victories in your life will come big obstacles. Whenever God is doing something in your life, there is going to be opposition. Every time you say, I'm going to get serious about God's plan and purpose in my life, all hell breaks loose. Temptations come. Some of you experienced this week. You said, Pastor, I'm going to join you in the 21-day fast. Then on Monday, your job catered in barbecue from Rudy's. Somebody sent you tips treats randomly. You're like, this is horrible. I'm supposed to be fasting. You start working on making your marriage better. You say, we're going to start praying together. And right before you pray, you get in the biggest fight ever, right? Why is it that when we go after God's plan, all hell breaks loose? You know why? Because the enemy, you got a spiritual enemy that wants to stop you from walking in God's plan and purposes for your life. In 2018 and 2019, if you remember, those of you who have been journeying with us for a while, we saw God do some amazing things in our church. He performed so many miracles that we could secure a piece of property in the heart of Round Rock, 0.6 miles off 35 in the beautiful Brushy Creek. He provided $160,000 a month so we can have a down payment. In one month, he provided that. A Christian businessman who heard about the church gave us another quarter million dollars so we can start the building process. There was so many miracles. It was undeniable that God was at work. There was no doubt that God was guiding us then opposition came it came from every corner as many miracles as we experienced we started experiencing as many obstacles the way i like to describe it is that god went from guiding me to ghosting me have you ever been there have you ever felt like god was just ghosting you and ignoring you and he's not hearing your prayers god you were so evident now it seems like you're gone but it's you read the scriptures it's how the men, mighty men of God of the past felt. Moses saw the miracles that led him 
to this powerful place. God was delivering the nation of Israel. And then all of a sudden, he felt like he was ghosted. Red Sea in front of him, mountains around him, enemy armies behind him. Daniel was following God. And all of a sudden, he's facing lions. Paul and Silas follow the call of God. They see the Macedonian call. God leads them. They're starting a church. They're preaching and they're in prison. Let me tell you, obedience to God will often and always put you in a spot where either God comes through or you're done. Can I just tell you that? That's what it means to follow God. There are going to be moments when you follow God, when you see God move so powerfully, we're like, God, if you don't show up, I'm dead here. And what happened to us, we saw God move in a powerful way. There was this highly recommended contractor that we were using, but he gave us some faulty information. He quoted us and our lender a price of $1.9 million to build Freedom Church. Then he came back with, probably a year and a half later, a new price of $3.8 million. Talk about a heart attack moment. Now you're wondering why my hair is white, you know? He said he miscalculated the site work and didn't realize how much rock was on the property. It was too expensive to cut through the rock. Man, when you're told one price and it's doubled, man, you're $2 million short. Let me, th- let me tell you the thoughts that are coming in my mind. I can win the million-dollar lottery, and we're still a million-dollar short from completing the project. I was so overwhelmed with the news. We went with the building committee. We went, the, we went with the builder discussing our options, and basically what the builder told us, he told us to sell the property and that he could not do the project, that it was impossible to make the site work for the numbers that we could afford. But we felt like God was leading us. God, you did all these miracles. How can you put us into this place? And then all of a sudden, it seems like an impossibility. So then we started looking for other builders to verify if the numbers were accurate. In December of 2019, we got rid of our, our first builder and we looked at other builders. We found a promising builder who worked with churches all, all around Texas. And he said he could possibly make it happen. He had all these connections. It looks like things were moving forward. We met with the building committee. We met with the elders. It looks like we were moving in the right direction. But in late January, when I thought things of 2020, it looked like things were going. He called me and he called me with this news. He said, hey, Benito, I just want to let you know my company is going bankrupt. Liens are being put on their current projects. Thank God we hadn't signed the contract yet. God had been with us and another door closed in our face. So we started calling contractor after contractor and all the numbers were coming back high. Then on top of that, the city of Round Rock was giving us all kinds of issues with some, some different things about our financial institution. About the, and then, we, then finally, here's the big thing. We had another thing about an approved site plan. We had it approved by the city, but then after, as we're getting the final approval, they found a monarch tree in the middle of our site. A monarch tree is a tree that is 26 inches over in diameter. And if there's a monarch tree, you cannot build around up. They found this tree when it was 26 and a half inches in diameter, five, six inches over. So the city of Round Rock advised that we change our plans, which would make it impossible to build. They denied our plans. And you cannot remove a monarch tree without going before the city council and getting them to vote that monarch tree out of there and remove a tree, which is kind of difficult in a place that really loves their trees. There's a lot of tree huggers. It's kind of hard. (laughs) It seemed like as God was opening every door, God started closing every door. I felt so strongly that God was guiding us and then he started ghosting us. Have you ever been there? Like, God, you're moving. God, miracles are taking place. God, you're doing all these things. And, Lord, you've left me here to die. Everywhere I 
Well, it went. I felt pressure. People asking me, where are you going to build? I'd go out to eat, city leaders, pastor, when are you going to build? People at church, when are you going to build? I'd go to conferences or with my church friends. People asking me, when are you going to build? I wanted to crawl under a, a, a table and just suck my thumb for months. Like, how are you going to do this? It was an impossible, overwhelming situation. The assemblies of God had trusted me with a loan. You had trusted me with your sacrificial pledges and gifts for the property. Have you ever felt like you were up a creek without a paddle with no hope? Hopeless, overwhelmed. What do I even do? So what do you do when you're completely surrounded, when there is no earthly hope? What do you do? Let me tell you, you have a hope, and he is the God of all the universe. And in those moments, what you got to do is you got to double down and trust God. And God gave me this acrostic in the middle of a fast through this story that helped me when I was feeling overwhelmed. Look at what Jehoshaphat did. Verse 3, alarmed. Another way for saying overwhelmed. Jehoshaphat, I want you to do this. Circle, underline, highlight, smiley face. Put this down there. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. I love that word. And he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. When you feel overwhelmed, when you feel that you cannot get over a hump, when you feel overwhelmed and never let the problem intimidate, it, intimidate you, let it motivate you to pray more. The Hebrew word for resolved means this. It means predetermined decision. Jehoshaphat made a predetermined decision to turn to God in prayer. And I, I want you to notice what he does. First, he prays personally. He goes personally. But then he leads the people to pray corporately. How many of you guys know there's power in corporate prayer? There's power in agreement. And then, to add that, he adds fasting. He proclaimed a fast to all of Judah. When you feel overwhelmed, here's the acrostic that I want to give you that goes for trusting God. The T is turn to God for help. See, when you feel overwhelmed, you're going to be tempted to go to the old soothers of your soul. To go to drugs, alcohol, Netflix. You can go to pornography. You can go whatever it might be. But let me tell you, when you feel overwhelmed, you got to say, I'm going to God. Jehoshaphat doesn't turn to social media. He doesn't turn to alcohol. He doesn't turn to false gods. Oftentimes, prayer is the last thing that we do. You, you hear people say all the time, all we can do now is pray. Like that should have been the first thing we do. Prayer should be our first choice, not our last resort. The reason that we're in the circumstances we are is because we pray last. Prayer should always be our starting place. And if there's one thing I've learned in this process is the power of prayer and fasting. I remember I called Robert one day and he told me, I told him the overwhelming situation. Remember what you told me, Robert? You better see God, you know? He couldn't help me. Nobody else could help me, but there is one who can help me. And that's God. I love the story of John Knox, the preacher and theologian of Scotland. History tells us that Mary, the Queen of Scotland, was afraid of John Knox. In fact, in a famous statement, she said this, I fear the prayers of John, John Knox more than all the armies of Europe. How powerful is your prayer life? How much do you turn to God? Jehoshaphat resolved to turn to God in prayer. And during this season, I said, Lord, I'm going to turn to you. I made a decision. I resolved in my heart I'm going to turn to God. And I like what Jehoshaphat said in verse 9. It really spoke to me. He says this, If calamity comes upon me, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, 
This is what he says. Whatever happens, I get destroyed. This is what I'm going to do. We will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress. In other words, God, if I go down, I'm going down praying. I'm going down fasting. I'm going down believing God for help. God is our only hope. And God, in the midst of difficulties, I'm going to press into your presence. I burnt the ship. I have nowhere else to go but to you. And if you can learn to get there, you will see God move mightily in your life. And I told God during the season, I'm all in. I'm not going anywhere. I believe you started this work. I know it looks impossible right now. But if I go down, Lord, I'm going to go down fasting, praying, believing, trusting you. And if this church goes under and we go bankrupt, I'll go to counseling. But then I'll get back up. And I'm going to dedicate my life to two things. Building your church and being in your presence. That's the type of resolve it takes to make it when you're overwhelmed. To double down and say, God, I have no other options. It's like in John chapter 6. When Jesus gives this difficult message to his disciples and all these people leave. And tells his disciples, do you want to leave too? And Peter tells him, Lord... To whom else shall I go? For you know you, I you, for I know you have the words of eternal life. Lord, I'm all in on you. Are you all in on God? Are you all in on his plan for your life? Are you all in in his purpose for your life? That no matter what happens, Lord, I'm turning to you. I'm not making excuses regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how overwhelmed I am. Lord, I turn to you. The R in trust is this. It's to refocus your attention on God and not the problem. You ask people, how are you doing? And they'll say this, good under the circumstances. Circumstances, my question is this, what are you doing under your circumstances? You should be over your circumstances. Circumstances are like a mattress. If you get on top, you rest easy. If you get underneath, you'll suffocate, you'll be overwhelmed. And you get over your circumstances by putting your eyes on the one who is over everything. By refocusing on how big God is. Listen to how Jehoshaphat or Japhat refocuses his eyes on prayer, on God through prayer. Verse 6. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. He calls to his God. He's refocusing his attention on God. He's praying. He's saying, God, I got a big problem coming at me. But God, you're bigger and you're more powerful than any problem. See, the bigger you realize God is, the smaller your problems seem. Problems shrink when God expands in your life. Our problem is this, our problem is this that our problems are bigger than God. So my question to you this morning, how big is your God in your eyes? When we refocus our eyes on God, it changes our perspective and it allows us to get over being overwhelmed. And what, what we need to do is we need to change our perspective. We need to change the focus of how we see things. Because here's the reality. It's when we get in the trees, when we see the circumstances, when we see the day-to-day, -day, it's easy to be overwhelmed. But what God wants you to do, God's inviting us up. He says, I want you to come. 
And I want you to see how big I am. And I want to refocus you to see how big I am. And first he'll show you. Benito, I've always been with you. You didn't know a single person. Look what I've done so far. Look how I've provided. And remember, Benito, in 2017, when you guys had $1,500 in the bank, and I provided supernaturally, I provided $700,000 in a month for you to get that, for, in six months for you to get the property, for you to be there. Don't you think I've been with you? And what happens when you look at th through those moments, you realize if God did it back then, surely he can do it in front of you. Sometimes you got to look in your rear view to see what's in front of you. you got to see God's faithfulness because we just get stuck in the weeds. We get stuck in all the situations. We get stuck in the day-to-day. -day. We get stuck in a day in a year, in a moment, an overwhelming situation. But if we would look at God and we would see God's goodness and grace has always been bigger than the circumstances that we've been facing. He's always bigger than that. And then it allows you to see, really see God's point of view. And he says, Benito, trust me, I got this. Because God sees way beyond the circumstance that we're in to the things that we're going to go into. Because in 2018 and 2017, 2019, he knew a pandemic was coming in 2020. And if we would have broke ground exactly when we'd planned and prepared a broken ground, we would have opened the church in the middle of a pandemic and 50 people would have come back. And God would say, no, a delay is not a denial. And when it looks like things aren't working, believe me, I am working. And when you get from this point of view and you're able to see this, let me tell you what happens. God gets bigger. Your trust gets stronger. And you realize, okay, God, I know you got this. That God is bigger than the circumstances. And now he's showing, okay, God, wow, you're holding it back. No, that denial, that struggle, Lord God, that thing that you put up, that murder, all these things where you working because you wanted us to set us up to be in a place where the, where the, where the city needs us, where the, where, where the community needs us, where the country needs us, where we would come to the place where at that right moment a new church would come up and, Lord, that you would be glorified at that right time for such a time as this. And what some of us need to do you need to get out of your circumstances. You need to get out of where you're at. You got to quit seeing today and you got to look into tomorrow. You got to look back into yesterday and you got to refocus on how big your God is once again. Like I told you, this isn't just the message I'm preaching. It's something I'm living. And I love Jehoshaphat's prayer in verse 12. This is my favorite verse in 2020. We have, no we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Circle, underline, highlight, smiley face. I prayed that prayer five times a day for the last year. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. See, when you're feeling overwhelmed, the you and trust is this. You got to admit to God that your best efforts are useless. We have no power to face the vast armies, the challenges, the disease, the struggles, the financial obstacles that are coming against us. But Lord, when we don't know what to do, our eyes are on you. I love the difference between verses 12 and verses 6. In verse 12, Jehoshaphat goes, we're powerless. But in verse 6, he said, God, you've got all the power in the world. See, you don't have to be in control when you know the one who is in control of everything. Listen to God's response to Jehoshaphat's prayer. I love it. Here's God's response. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, 
and all who live in Judea and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. So God spoke to me. This right here. This is my battle. It's not yours, Benito. I called you. It's my church. It's what I'm going to build. You're not building it. And could it be the very reason that we're so overwhelmed is because we're fighting battles God never intended us for, for us to fight? We can't change our spouse, but God can. We can't change our kids and how they're acting, but God can. We can't fix our situation at work, but God can. We can't fix our country right now, but God can. There's a lot that we can't do, but God can. I can't make up a $2 million gap no matter how much I try, plan, or prepare, but God can. And as your pastor who loves you, let me tell you, the reason that you're so overwhelmed is because you're trying to fight battles that belong to God. And you don't have the energy, the knowledge, the power, the intellect to win the battle. That's why you're overwhelmed. Here's the word of God for you. Here's the word of God. This is what some of you guys came to hear. Write this down. This is the word of God for some of you. Let me tell you. Here it is. You need to resign from being the CEO of your own universe. You need to give God his job back. Here's the, can I just say that again? I feel this for somebody. Resign. You're not God. You're not in control. You don't got everything on your hands. You can't. If you do, it'll kill you. You need to give God his job back. And listen to what God tells Joel. March down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. And you will not have to fight this battle. But he says, this is what you'll do. You take up your positions. Stand firm. Underline that. Stand firm. And see the deliverance of the Lord. And he tells him again, because he knows how we are. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Thank God that he's always telling us. He knows our insecurities. He knows our fears. He's always reminding us, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. But he reminds him with that promise he gives over and over. The Lord will be with you. He's with you. But think about this. This is a crazy battle plan. If General Patton in World War II would have uh, received this ba battle plan from Eisenhower, he would have fainted. If I'm Jehoshaphat, I'm expecting God to drop ninjas from heaven and to give him the victory. But here's God's battle plan. The S in trust is this. Stand still and wait for God's victory. Stand still and wait for God's victory. He says all you need to do is get the army land up and stand there. Did you know that the most popular, ver most of the most popular Psalms, Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God, was written in response to this moment. To be still and see the deliverance of the Lord and know that I'm God. And can I be honest? I don't like to stand still. I like to fix my own problems. I like to fight my own battles. I took a strength finder's test a couple years ago, and my number one gift is, is a doer. It frustrates the heck out of my wife because I'm just doing it. You're going to do something. I do it. I do it. She likes to plan, prepare, make sure I just do it. Sometimes I don't do it right, but I just do it. I just do stuff. And I find a sense of accomplishment by doing things. It's hard to just sit still. It's hard for me to wait. And sometimes God slows us down to wait and watch. Why? Because we can know that it was God who gave us the victory and not ourselves. 
Because when we're out swinging, when we're out fighting the battle, we can feel like we're responsible for the victory. We can feel like it is us that somehow got us to where we're at. And sometimes God will put you in impossible circumstances, in moments that look like they cannot happen on your own. Because when all of a sudden God will show you that it was him and him alone that he, that he was working. Because him and him alone can only get the glory. Verse 17, Jehoshaphat lines up for battles, but he didn't fight the battle. But he walked in faith. He's exercising his faith. People ask me, what is faith? A lot of times people want to know what faith is. Faith is this. Faith is not just believing something and calling it your own. It's cashing checks that God already wrote, right? It's doing what God told you. It's not doing what you want. It's not just believing for something. Faith is God told Jehoshaphat this. Line up. I'm going to win the battle. He's doing what God told him. So basically, to live out faith is two things. You got to trust. You got to obey. You cannot live out faith unless you trust and unless you obey. And when you're waiting on God, it's going to cause you to trust. It's going to cause you to obey. And it doesn't mean when you're waiting that you put yourself in a position where you're apathetic. It's putting yourself in a position to watch God work. I felt the Lord tell me, trust me and obey me. Line up for battle. That's your part. I win the battle. That's my part. You do your part. You just stand. Watch me. It doesn't matter if the price of the project is $2 million over. It doesn't matter if it looks impossible. This is what I want you to do. Keep lining up for battle. Keep going. Keep going forward. It looks like you're about to be destroyed. Follow me. After the last contractor called me last January, we did an old school Jan Jericho march at the end of last year's fast in February, maybe before the lockdown. Remember, we prayed. We got some oil. We went down there. We marched around it seven times. We gave it to God. We kept on marching. And we kept moving forward. We asked the city council for permission to remove the tree. The Thursday before the COVID lockdown came, they voted unanimously to approve the removal of the tree. And they are thankful that we're going to be in that place. So God started taking down barriers. During COVID, we kept praying. We kept serving our community. We kept giving to missions. We controlled what we could do. And we let God control the rest. That's, that's what God's called us to do. And we got to do that. And there's stuff that was beyond God's control. And God did the rest. We kept calling contractors for bids. Nothing was working. After months of calling, there was no headway, but we kept moving forward. Then in June, I got a call out of nowhere from a respected contractor in Round Rock called Veritas. They called me, and they said they wanted to bid the project. They looked over the project every which way, worked every angle, brought down the cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And there, these people have built so many projects, multi-million dollar projects here in Round Rock. We're so thankful. Great, great Christian men that were helping us. In the middle of the pandemic, God was moving supernaturally in that. He was moving in our finances as well. We were getting unexpected checks, only God moments, $50,000 checks, $30,000 checks, $20,000 checks, $10,000 checks. In the middle of a lockdown, I'm like, God, what the heck is going on? You're fighting the battle so that you could only get the glory. Now today, instead of needing $2 million to complete the project, now we just need $300,000 to complete the project. God is fighting our battles. God is doing amazing things. Our building, committers, our building committee, our elders, our lender have seen God's undeniable provision. If God can bring $160,000 in a month, if he can trim $2 million to $300,000 in one year, surely he'll bring the rest of the money to build. All we got to do is stand and watch him work. We got to keep on walking out the miracle. We got to keep on saying, God, you're going to fight the battle, and I want to be part of it. We got to keep on trusting. We got to keep on believing. 
went obeying and believing God. What's interesting, though, is in the middle of purchasing the property, in 2018, a young man, Andrew Maniachi, gave me a prophetic word and had such specificity to it. And it was about the property and the building. And this is what he said. That God wants me to begin in faith to act like I've already received the promise of what God's called this church to do. And that he wants to remind me that he gets the glory that he deserves even if something tries to block it. That's the word he told me. And then this is the specificity. And then this was 2018. He says in 2020, he says, you're going to see God's blessing on the church like never before. I'm like, what? The? He didn't even know what the block of 2020 and everything that was going to come and what God was doing. And God blessed our church, and he put us in a position today to break ground today. And only God can receive the glory. Not me, not the elders, not the staff, not the building committee. Only God can win this battle. Here's what we have to do. we got to line up for the battle. And here's what I want you to ask you. For those of you watching online, for those of you here on site, as your pastor, I want, you to ask, I want to ask you this favor. I want you to ask you to join with me. I want you to just plead with you. God is getting ready to do amazing things. He's getting ready to do a miracle things. And I want you to line up with me. This is how we line up. I'm going to ask you this year to do three things. I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to ask you to seek God. I'm going to ask you to pray, Lord God, how can we be a part? Lord, bring souls. Bring in the money. Bring in the resources. Oh, man, we got to turn to God. Remember the word God gave us will begin in fasting and prayer, will be sustained in fasting and prayer, and will move forward in fasting and prayer. We can only go to God. So I'm going to ask you to pray. Make every prayer service. Join the fast. Seek God. I'm going to ask you to pray like never before because there's going to be battles to be won. Next thing I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you to serve. I want to ask you not just to be a consumer, to be a contributor. I know in 2020, it changed rhythms. I know it was difficult. But right now, God is preparing us. In seven or eight months, a harvest is coming. The workers are plentiful. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Would you serve? Would you join a life group? Would you be serving in kids? Would you help us with our youth? Would you help us in reaching the city? People need to know Jesus. We cannot sit down. God is wanting to fight this battle. And he's asking us to line up. Would you serve? Would you say, I'm not just going to sleep in on Sunday. I'm not just going to live my own life, but I'm going to live it for others. Would you stand with me by praying, with serving? And the third thing I'm going to ask you is to give. Praying, serving, giving. Would you continue to give? Would you continue to tithe? Would you continue to trust God? And if you have not given to this building project, I'm going to ask you to give. I'm asking some of you, if God puts it in your heart, to give the biggest check you've ever had. Man, God has done this miracle, but God can bring $300,000 easily if he did that. If we're all apart, I'm not going to ask you to do, not to do anything I'm not going to do. But I'm going to ask you to serve and to give. Even today, would you be even begin to even put a small seed? Say, Benito, I'm going to give 50 today. I'm going to give 100. I'm going to pray about a pledge that I can give. But would you pray with me would you serve would you give would you line up with me as we go after God and we see his glory come in this place see it's God's battle not ours he says line up and watch me fight we're gonna about to see an amazing moment where for centuries for for decades there'll be a church on 1651 Sambass Road that people will come marriages will be restored Kids will be called into ministry. Missionaries will be sent out. 
And we could say, you know what? I was part of that. I prayed for that. I laid the foundation for that. People are moving to the city like never before. God wants to plant other churches through that. And this is going to be the first mountain that we take in this journey. And the T finally is this. The last thing for trust is you got to thank God in advance for what he's doing. Verse 21, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out to the he- as they went out at the head of the army saying, "Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever." As they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord looked and set ambushes against the men and they won the battle. See, can you praise God before the victory? This is faith. It's easy to praise God after the victory. It's one thing to praise God in the middle and before the victory. And whatever you're, that's why tithing is so important. It's saying, God, I'm trusting. It's the first thing that I do because I'm going to trust you, not when I have it, but before that. And you see God's hand. There's power and there's something that activates God's, our faith. Man, it's super. When we say, God, I am the middle before, before things happen. I'm going to keep on doing. We're going to start this before the money comes in. We're going to trust you before. We're going to say these things before because God has spoken. And when we thank God in advance, God begins to move. He begins to cash that step of faith that we take see faith activates God's power and I want God's power in my life and I pray God's power flows through your life so I want to close your eyes this morning and I want you to think about this first of all personally where are you overwhelmed resign give it to the Lord if you're overwhelmed about our country God's in control doesn't matter who controls the Senate. doesn't matter who controls the presidency. doesn't matter. God's in control. You're overwhelmed in your finances. You're overwhelmed in what you're overwhelmed in your family. Wherever you find yourself today, whatever you're going through, say, God, I'm going to refocus. Look back. He was so faithful. Look at his goodness and his grace. Lord, I pray right now that you, those areas that we feel overwhelmed, whether it be physically, whatever it may be, that you would just begin to fill us. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to say, Lord, how do you want me to be part of this miracle? Lord, I'll commit to praying, to serving, to giving. Lord, we need more greeters. We need more ushers. We need more kids workers. We need more life group leaders. We need to reach this place for Christ. There's ministries to launch. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.